0: everyone, this is Izzy, the founder of the blog and YouTube channel, A Girls to Sound Sense. You are currently listening to Sounding Out, the podcast where I speak to friends, from musicians to producers to zine makers and promoters, about their experiences as women and queer femme people in the music industry. As always, please don't forget to give the podcast a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. It would be super helpful to help more people hear the podcast, and it will also get me recommended on streaming platforms. Today's guest is Patrick Flegel, the brains behind prolific music projects such as the 2000s Canadian indie rock band Women, which they were in with their brother Matt, and more recently the musical project Cindy Lee under which they make eerie lo-fi experimental noise pop records that grapple with themes of heartbreak, alienation, and gender identity. If I had to sum up the output of Cindy Lee in one sentence, I would quote the Ink Magazine review of their 2020 album What's Tonight to Eternity, "...at times it feels like Blegel goes from trying to kill you with walls of sound to singing you a love song or a lullaby, and sometimes both at once." I chatted with Flegel from their home studio basement in North Carolina. We talk about their otherworldly array of influences, the music they had in the house as a child, the transformative power of creating music and drag, the creative martyr complex that a lot of young men are subjected to, and much more. We ended up chatting for around three hours and nine minutes, so I obviously had to edit and condense this episode down, but it goes without saying that I thoroughly enjoyed their company. But before we get into this episode, I would like to remind my listeners that I am paying for the podcast out of pocket. So, if you would like to help me make more episodes, and maybe help buy me a copy, then head on over to my Patreon for unedited episodes of the podcast and more chill conversations with guests outside of the interview process. Those who join my Patreon will get access to patron-only video essays and exclusive voting power for future artists that I cover on my YouTube channel as well. So head on over to patreon.com slash to 2 sense. That's girl with three R's to subscribe. And without further ado, let's get right into this episode. Got it. Okay. How are you?
1: Good. Thank you. What's going on? You're in an attic.
0: Yes, I am. (laughs)
1: I'm observing. I'm in a basement. So there's a balance.
0: There we go. Yeah. Um hey I really appreciated your that uh
1: interview with satomi from Deerhoof
0: thank you like um i um really enjoy your work so like the fact that you've even checked out um anything I do that's an honor so
1: <laughs> oh yeah no it was great and uh i mean I feel like uh greg does all their press usually so it's kind of a and I love uh greg a lot actually but it was kind of like oh what's going on over here
0: so what do you want to tell me, just tell me a little bit about you um, and what you do?
1: Um. Well, I was just, uh, I was always creative and had wild imagination as a kid. Um, I was always drawing and I would do kind of like go the extra mile when I was drawing. Uh, Where it'd be pretty elaborate and kind of like what, like I I had um, a patience to like, fill out the whole page and do the background and this kind of, and get these details in there, which I got a lot of uh, praise for, you know, when you're a kid and well, whatever you do, everyone's going to tell you it's great. But uh, if you're lucky, but uh, anyways, I just had a wild imagination. I draw these huge scenes and I uh, wanted to work for Disney and this kind of thing of uh, whatever that means. Like, I guess I wanted to draw for Disney. Um, and um, whatever. I just loved, I guess, energy being entertained and being creative and those two are going a cycle or whatever. So um, yeah. And there was always music in my house. My dad listened to music constantly Um, and like intentionally and same with my mom. And uh, so it was just around. So I just loved music and uh, they were both uh, my dad played guitar and bass. And uh, my mom played the flute, actually, and she was a good singer. She didn't wish they were like professional or anything, but they they enjoyed doing it. And my dad did gig. Um, He played in like a polka band at one point, and he played in a copper band for a long time. Uh, so anyways, it's just around and uh, yeah, I just learned to love music. My older brother um, got really into music. He was three years older than me and turned me on to things. Uh, and this is like full Cobain era. Uh, In the early 90s, when there was kind of some pretty rebellious, or compared to what happened before in pop culture, pretty like kind of aggressive, unusual. Or or when I think about pop music from that time, it kind of blows my mind. If I think about like public enemy, wild like uh, dance music from Europe, like club music, and then like heroin suicide, like outcast, uh, whatever, social misfit. (laughs) rock or whatever anyways but we just fell hard for music like that at that time and it felt really dangerous and exciting blah 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 uh and so whatever and i've just persisted um yeah continued uh whatever i I mostly do music but i've always been really creative doing and that's what i like about um whatever musical projects that can kind of enable you to uh whatever you end up making you know t-shirts and uh um, the imagery and the text, and you know your lecture set stuff, and you, it kind of opens up to if you have a musical project, you do all these other creative things uh, like videos, video editing. It's kind of wild at this point what you could do if you have a a computer, <laughs> uh, like everything. Um, yeah, so that's yeah. I still just do music, and I still love it. Um, and uh, I've been obsessed with I to a lot of singles or whatever, like, I hits, and uh, uh, there's a lot of them, The, the mo- like, the, the most recent one was actually, like, a Joe Meek, um, I forget what piqued my interest, but I was like, oh, yeah, I think it's because I've been thinking about recording, and I was like, uh, when I was doing this Act of Tenderness album, um, the guy who was recording it, my friend Robert, uh, he, he recorded, like, half the stuff on that record, um, I was staying with him, and he was obsessed with Joe Meek, or, like, doing this kind of research, like, there's this really gaudy, kind of, made-for-TV movie about joe Meek and uh a few documentaries and listening to all this stuff but it's really strange unusual recordings for the time but it's like a pop song that was that's uh and you know how it is with these kind of uh artists but it's like uh I don't most of them didn't have any success so so I'm trying to remember their name and it's like I don't know I don't even know like Tammy something and the golden you know but uh I I wish I don't actually oh I have my my phone on me but I've been listening to that Quite a bit because uh, it's an unusual melody and it's, it's really cool. Uh, yeah. So I've been listening to that. And then actually a lot of electric Ladyland, which is mm. when I was a teen, like really young, uh, my brother was obsessed with Jimi Hendrix. And um, I, it's funny. Do you, I don't know if you're getting into this, but I've been really fascinated by this lately, but just returning to stuff from your youth. That oh yeah. Yeah. Completely means something else at this point but you you're like oh yeah i know that i know that especially when it's super famous like that do you know do you have that at all
0: you mean like um having moments where you return to the music that really shaped your formative years or any
1: kind of any kind of entertainment like movies whatever and it Mm -hmm. just kind of blows your mind
0: oh yeah yeah yeah
1: yeah uh and sometimes it's positive and sometimes it's really negative like i've noticed (laughs) that watching um a lot of tv and a lot of movies lately but just the messages i was getting which like whatever i guess it's up for debate how powerful that stuff is or how much that molds you but i was like oh my god
0: <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> like when i w- would revisit like shows that i love like these teen melodramas and you just realize how problematic so many of these tropes these tv tropes are um, Yeah. And, and you, you don't want to like
1: give it yeah. power or credit or blame it, but I'm straight up. It's so consistent, and you're so young. You know what I mean? You're just like that is like in me. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, the the one for me, the craziest one. I don't take it for what it is. Like I know it should be um, inconsequential, or it should be. But man, uh, it like the the tre- the craziest one more recently, where like I just think about myself when I was younger but just where there's like a screaming match in a parking lot and it's like door slamming and like just pure passion fury anger like like life or death and the people known each other for 10 hours or 24 yeah. hours like yeah. in everything I've watched
0: it's like well i like we're not gonna make it like what if
1: like I I don't know if I could do this anymore and then you're like, wait a minute, they met yesterday. Like what?
0: <laughs> or like, you know
1: what I mean? They like live together. Yeah. They're like on the. You're like what they met the for fuck?
0: two seconds and then they went on a road trip for yeah. And then yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but anyways, on the bright side of that, and there's some nice stuff I've revisited too. But um, that's kind of like wholesomer. There's a nice message in there. But the Jimi Hendrix stuff, uh, that record, yeah, I've just been really uh, obsessed with it. Um, just because it's so he um, they gave us a stoner genius like millions of dollars <laughs> so there's something wonderful about that like you're just like okay the song's about being a merman and breathing underwater and uh uh just kind of out of bounds you know like the whole thing and i just love how uh the record just keeps going like there's parts you can just like leave the room like they're just they're just messing around and tinkering at times and i think some people think it's kind of tedious or n- not interesting but just the fact that it even exists, I, I'm super uh, happy about it. And like I said, I listened to it when I was a kid. So I think there's something, it is kind of for kids almost. It's really bright and flashy and there's like space sounds and uh, whatever I've been into that. I've been listening to that, uh, one, uh, that one track a lot and I can't even remember <laughs> the name. Yeah.
0: I oh I'm horrible with names and sometimes I when I pronounce like I'm bad at words too I'll pronounce something like I'll totally butcher something pronunciation and people will assume it's because I don't know what I'm talking about but it's like didn't know it's just because I read everything I don't like watch stuff I just read a lot yeah some people
1: I don't understand like I don't even want to think like that but some people are It's funny. (laughs) but you know what it's it's like it's like oh yeah i love that thing i love that thing like i've listened to it a bunch of times and i'm like oh yeah yeah the the very end of this song and then they say the name and then you're like uh like i swear i I listened to it (laughs) you have to like prove you care about something anyways
0: yeah it's like when you wear a banter and someone's like, oh, name three of their songs.
1: <laughs> oh, no dice on that. I, that's that's not uh, I disagree with that attitude. Well, and uh, I think I think the only reason I can see it in this, I'm realizing this is like most of my criticisms of other people is uh, uh, as much as I don't want to admit it. Uh, it's definitely something I've it's a view I've had before. I understand. Yeah. I'm not proud of because it's ridiculous. It's like anybody can like things. It doesn't take like, it's not really worth anything. Yeah. Whatever. It's so uh, juvenile and it's so, uh, like I said, you didn't do anything. Do you know what I mean? Like exactly. (laughs) It's, it's weird to take ownership of, uh, something that has basically nothing to do with you. (laughs) But I mean, even me saying that I'm like, I'm above that. You know what I mean? So uh, that's another thing I'm realizing is most of my opinions are just to make me feel better than somebody
0: Exactly. It's to make yourself like feel like you're somehow more, I don't know. Yeah. Significant than you think or more, I don't know, but it's like, you ain't that unique kid. (laughs) Like I went to a bookstore and I asked for a specific author they didn't and that they didn't have and then I asked for another author after that and the clerk behind this guy I was talking to was like oh I knew you were gonna ask for this guy after we didn't have the other guy
1: (laughs) yeah right I know and it's it's a thing uh you just want to know anything right so the guy he he wasn't adding anything to right he's just like oh I knew that right yeah (laughs) so I noticed that too a tendency I had when I was younger when someone puts on a song right? Instead of listening to the song and enjoying the song, you, you talk over the song and you say, uh, oh, if you heard this thing that's very similar to this, and you don't even appreciate that the person put some music on for you to listen to. You're just immediately thinking of your own self-worth uh, <laughs> measured by uh, your musical knowledge. <laughs> that's, that's, some, that's some dark territory if that's what you're holding on to yeah
0: that's what a lot of online music communities are like too it it gets so toxic like um especially on like rate your music and like um you know all that but i try to stray i I try to stay off those sites especially because like i don't know a lot of it's pandering too but i also wanted to another thing i wanted to ask you was um I guess what's one of the first, um, but what is, um, tell me about like the Genesis of Cindy Lee, because, um, I did some research and I, you've told the story before, but I would love, I would love to hear it directly from you.
1: Oh, um, well, there's two sides to it. that get mixed together. So there's a personal aspect to it. And yeah. then there's like the creative aspect and they got kind of mixed up. You know what I mean? Um, and, uh, which I guess is inevitable. But yeah, um, I don't know. Yeah, it's just um something just kind of broke in me or something and it just came out of nowhere. And um, uh, I don't know. I think it was um whatever. There's times where I'll think about I just think about this stuff very critically and I'm a very skeptical person. Like I don't like to just jump on to slogans or um trends or uh whatever. I'm I'm almost paranoid or I'm just very skeptical. So my my point is um to even acknowledge how I feel might take a long time or I would doubt it. or I wouldn't permit myself certain things that other people would just like lean into. You know what I
0: mean? Yeah, yeah.
1: And uh, so anyways, I guess uh, musically, I think, I think whatever, I think I just wanted my voice to be different to sing different. I wasn't very, I never sang before I was in the the women band. And I think I was pretty like everybody pretty much everybody I've learned is very self-conscious about their singing voice. Especially um uh like in North America and in like what's seen as whatever that kind of culture or something it's like a shameful thing I think to sing yeah. almost. And I think that's why people love to see people's other people sing. Because they wish they could or they it's a vicarious thing or something. But uh and it's you I mean singing's the best. People been singing and playing music for some time now but uh anyways yeah i just uh wanted that i just wanted it's just like a dream it's just like a fantasy i had i guess when i was a kid i didn't think about it like that when i was doing it it was very like you know this the way things happen residually like that where you're taking these steps towards what ends up being a goal you didn't even think of it as a goal each day you're kind of like leaning in a certain direction and then you end up in a place and you're like oh i think that's that's actually what was going on there in retrospect um yeah creatively i think it was just i wanted to feel um glamorous and whatever beautiful whatever that meant to me i wanted to feel um i wanted to be like shiny uh and uh just like a lot of my heroes i guess i just wanted to kind of um try that or see what that felt like and it felt great and the band was a hot mess that's the weirdest thing of all is the band was terrible Cindy lee concerts were i shouldn't have even been playing music at that point when it started <laughs> um classic musician right it's like oh i can't like i can't even i can't do anything but hey there's a show why are there shows booked like why are you even doing that how is this even possible but anyways things were pretty uh messy at that point but uh yeah whatever thankfully i had some good friends and people uh to lean on but anyways um yeah I was, it's whatever I just wanted to feel glamorous like just like a lot of my heroes you know what I mean and I think there's just something really fun to watch or er, for me like if I went into a place and there was a like kind of a solitary figure singing a song that's just like a really beautiful image in my mind like it's just I just love that I don't know um so I just wanted to like feel what that was like I've always played in kind of um, whatever I've just never got to feel like that and I never really dressed like growing up in Calgary anything like that I was never I was very conservative in the way I dressed and um, never really like I even had a joke we call her like I'd call myself like a neutral boy or like neutral boys but you just dress so you're not attracting any attention to yourself basically almost intentionally just so just to like like prevent getting any shit which isn't exactly a bold courageous or rebellious way to do things but in my mind uh i think it, part of it was rebellious too um, um where you couldn't be kind of identified by your clothes what you were interested in or that didn't define you or something um so yeah i just wanted to lean into that and it was really fun and necessary i think to get to where i am now like it was kind of um I, uh as far as the gender stuff goes um our like thoughts of transitioning or something like that um is way beyond what i would do you know like and so when i think of it as just as a manifestation of a belief i have i guess um this sounds very heady <laughs> i'm just uh I don't really know how to say it. It's funny doing interviews when you're talking, especially when you're talking about like, I guess ideological and beliefs about yourself and personal stuff that you don't even talk about with your own uh, mother. Absolutely not. Or like, you know what I mean? Or like even your best friends, you don't really talk about it. It's just like, hey, Pat. So it's funny. Um, But yeah, it was just confusion surrounding that and and, um, a feeling of empowerment from cross-dressing and performing in that way. And uh, yeah, so that's kind of how it started, you know, and it did make me feel, I don't know, I found some kind of self acceptance um, that carried over into when I wasn't in drag. Uh, and so it was, I don't know, as a, as some kind of uh, transform, like superficial transformative process, I found it really helpful to like get, I don't know, to get, get through some things, I think. And I and I think a lot of it had to do and I, I question that now, but I think a lot of it just had to do with masculinity and me being a man and um what that meant to me and what the expectations were of that. And also a sense of failure, I think, because I didn't want to be a man the way I thought of men, which was to be like have this fucking joker energy and be like yeah. chaotic and like <laughs> uh you know, hard on people and so troubled and be an exception and I I didn't escape any of that so I ended up being just as much of a man as anybody else so I think I think it was kind of a way of like trying to like launch out of that or something I don't know I don't know but the, the point is um it emboldened me and it made me feel better about myself and uh that was it and then musically I mean I just I thought it was fun you know and it was I was just really inspired um and I feel like even though I don't know how great the music is but i know there's definitely a push behind it that it's it's got some kind of vital uh energy behind it even if the recordings are really crude or things are out of tune or whatever but i was really uh motivated and so as much as i'm like oh my god i put my diary out into the world <laughs> or whatever very private um i'm happy that i like did that cuz a lot of the music i like is like that where it's like whoa you just especially when i think of writers um where it's even more whatever you know i guess just think of the difference between an instrumental song and then a book about like your innermost thoughts and feelings kind of v- v- vaguely veiled by like some you know parallel story or whatever yeah anyways yeah a lot a lot to say there but yeah that's kind of how it it shaped up yeah
0: yeah i um was wondering also um what how you relate to um the sort of the type of woman that sort of inspires the persona um because you've spoken about this before like um people like karen carpenter Faye dunaway um the sort of um um sort of like the closet queen archetype or something like that but right um, I, I was wondering if you could tell me a little bit more about that
1: oh yeah um well first thing on the closet queen thing i think and this is a whatever, everything's shifting all the time with the words we use, but I think of it as like a prairie queer kind of attitude, which in my mind is a very, not like a vibe of someone who went to school and got kind of their foot in the door with these, these kinds of ideas very early and stuff. I think of the closet queen thing is my style, which is a very repressed, like, <laughs> like, not real like you know what I mean like like uh that zone you know and I'm proud of what I, what I do and all these things but it's it's like a different vibe and I'm I think that's okay you know what I mean for me to feel that way about it it's like that's me but um and um but it's just a different thing it's not like um what am I trying to say like I said, I'm not always like, whatever, I doubt it. And on the on on the subject of what you're mentioning, idolizing these women or kind of holding them up as these figures, I think they're I've really been critical of that too. Of what am I trying to say? Like it's still a binary, right? So it's like, oh, I'm gonna escape masculinity and then like I'm gonna use all of these other stereotypes to <laughs> Do you know what I mean? So yeah. I've been really confounded by that. Where I'm like, wait a minute, and everyone these days too is like, oh yes, like um, anything that's um, the opposite of what's expected in terms of how you dress or your sexuality or something is, I think, automatically stamped um, as great, and like you get very complimentary, particularly around people who maybe don't even live like that, but want yeah. to show how tolerant they are, or accepting they are. Um, But I will say I do think my admiration of these women is really positive. Um, But I do think it falls into a a story or a myth about women, which is not true. Which is that they're stronger than men, smarter than men, can do no wrong, and men are garbage. Do you know what I mean? Like I'm, I think in harsh polarities, uh, helplessly at times, and I'm trying more and more to get out of that and get into that third that queer zone is what that means to me. But that third, that in between, which is a vast in between, uh, in my opinion, but yeah, these people, I just think of it as, I mean, Karen Carpenter, I actually felt kind of funny about using her as an example there, but because it's a terrible story, really. I mean, she wanted to, she got trapped in showbiz. She wanted the approval of her parents and never really got it. And they, uh, and even like me speculating on it right now, it's, kind of just an extension of the same tabloid thing even though it's on this subculture level that like basically destroyed her and ruined her life you know what I mean Mm, so um but I think the reason um I thought of her was as a cautionary tale which was just that um and I think it was relatable to me because I didn't uh whatever I just I grew up in the suburbs in Calgary and like we had Christmas and everything was cool, you know what I mean? We were we didn't have like boats and shit, but we everything was fine. So what I mean is she had this kind of like white bread suburban upbringing. That was that's relatable to me, I guess. Uh, and um, so I think that's why I thought about her. Um, and she's a brilliant musician. Like she's such a good singer. And that's kind of the bottom line. Not all of this other sensational stuff. The real thing is like, holy wow, you are an incredible singer and a really good drummer and uh whatever I just love your music and that's kind of what I like to focus on and same thing with Faye Dunaway I just think she's an amazing actor like um and killer style you know what I mean and uh um yeah I just watched a lot of her movies and I just think she's great and there's just something about her I don't know what it is but it's just something about her uh commanding presence and same thing with a lot of the women I look up to I guess or people in general but where there's just some um self-assuredness or control or conviction that I don't have you know um that's admirable Yeah. yeah
0: I also um was wondering if the way that you if adopting the uh, persona uh, or the image of cindy lee um how ha- uh, sort of had an effect on the way you approached the creative process
1: i think it's just me i feel like i think about it the same the same way yes. um yeah and i know really i mean a lot of the ideas and stuff are similar to what i've always done which is just experimenting so that that allows everything through the door. I feel like it's it's the same idea. Anything I've ever done, um, usually just drastically different ideas that might not go together for some people. You know, or that's what you know. Like it's just like whatever. When I was listening to the Beatles when I was really young, or Jimi Hendrix, versus like, hey, let's do a fifteen-minute blues jam that sounds like it's live, but it's not live because we faked it in the studio and got all this chatter in there, and then we'll do like a two-minute pop song this the other person sings there's a different voice on there so i try to be really um just try not to have any boundaries when i'm doing that stuff but i don't think of it as a i don't really think of it as a character but i know that's how it comes across and weirdly enough it almost has turned into just a cartoon thing in my mind uh which i always wanted to do but it's just like a, a cartoon kind of world of of like this lounge singer you know um, but I don't know, like my, I don't know that I really changed how I look at it. Like I'm writing some story or something. Mm-hmm. It really just, I just write, write songs and write parts and record stuff. And then it is what it is. But I think, I guess when it gets to the other side and then when you get the live element and, um, videos and things like that, it turns into, um, a kind of character or something, but I I don't see it as really separate, uh, from myself, like, a yeah. A, uh yeah
0: yeah no that makes a lot of sense like that's what I that's something that I have an issue with is like when people refer to um I don't know um doing drag is like a character because like it does have a per- it's it is a personal extension of that person it's part of them like it's not like an entirely different separate entity you know
1: yeah i don't you, yeah ex- exactly and i feel like i'm just throwing on stuff uh that anybody can do um yeah i don't yeah i don't really like look at it that way but yeah it's it's tricky too like uh even in the press like when i formally released some records in the press that you know they use these words and uh you got to get over this stuff when you release music by the way but like but i i I always get grumpy about it. I I can't help it. But where it's like alter ego and all this shit. And you're just like, oh, like, <laughs> okay. <laughs> I don't like, I don't feel like sending another email uh, about this and it's petty or it feels petty to just, like, just like, what do you like? Whatever. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean?
0: Absolutely. Yeah.
1: I don't know. Even. Yeah, but I yeah I feel like it's just me. I'm wearing different stuff, and I present as the way people think of as a a lounge a lounge singer or like a a, a woman, I guess. But I'm, I don't know. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. yeah, I feel like I'm just. Yeah, even the name. My name wasn't Cindy Lee at the start. My name was Frankie Francesca, Frankie Woolland, Frankie Teardrop. I had all of these kind of aliases but it was still whatever i just felt like me and i felt good uh, yeah <laughs> yeah
0: and the name came from a lady that you encountered
1: uh the it was a person i knew in this town i lived in just in passing and same idea of the headspace i was in time but it was just uh whatever i kind of just thought of them as very tough basically and then it was also a coincidence thing where the name that name like Cindy Lee was actually popped up in two or three situations that felt strange to me, or, you know, like, uh, I don't know when I get kind of speedy and off the ball mentally, I'll see a lot of connections between things. Uh, but yeah, I, I was kind of in that headspace and it's like, Oh yeah, this is meant to be or, or something like that, you know? And so yeah, called the, banned that and then eventually um yeah people thought that was my name and i'm not gonna tell people i have a different name and if the you know what i mean seems kind of difficult so yeah that's it just sort of fell into place like that but yeah i was named after this this woman yeah uh yeah
0: and since like um releasing um your initial projects like um uh and your and your recent albums like act of tenderness what's tonight to eternity you've labeled your work as confrontation pop and i was wondering if or not no is that another um media oh Um,
1: whatever like whatever this nice perfectly nice guy wrote this thing yeah and that's a perfect that's a perfect example where i'm just like oh my god i didn't even say that i swear to god i didn't even say that." does it matter no uh that i said it or not and that people are saying that but i i i swear to god i didn't even say that i swear to god in the interview i was i was talking about like martin rev or something like i saw martin rev in uh, vancouver and it was incredible and he played he covered this wilbert harrison song kansas city and i'd never heard that like i didn't recognize the song but he played it and I thought I was describing that concert to the, to the interviewer, and it would, and the way he did this long onslaught track, like the way Suicide does, where it's like eight minutes and it's like really cathartic and kind of masochistic, debatably, but what's you you come saying? out the other end of it. And then they he just dropped into this oldie, like this Kansas City cover, like an old shuffle, like doom doom doom. And it was so loud, and it was like an ecstatic moment at this concert, and it was amazing. And I, th- I think I was just talking about that and being like, yeah, it was like a confrontation, like pop, like,
0: like. <laughs> and that like, somehow turned into him, li- uh, to this journalist labeling that your work that way, I guess.
1: Yeah, totally. Mm-hmm. And then, it, yeah. And then it turns into this thing where I'm like, yeah, I'm doing confrontation pop. And I'm like, Oh my God. Like, no, it's goth. I, th- I think I'm goth. Like I see it as goth. I think it's like, um, if I'm going to label it, but it's just like, a no, like um sensationally dramatic you know sensational dramatic music you know yeah. to the point of comedy at times where it's just like are you like whoa <laughs> um so oh anyways sorry i interrupt you but i just get whatever it's like the grunge thing and it's like you know people are like we didn't call it grunge and everyone's like yeah who cares i love your grunge band shut up you know
0: yeah. or like
1: i watched a thing about do up the other like i don't know maybe a few months ago And they're playing all the songs and the guys, the the people are going,
0: do, do, do,
1: wop. And they're like, yeah, we never called it do up though. Like, (laughs) like we were vocal groups. It's not called that. Or the wrecking crew is another one that that those studio musicians were on all those hits whether, Carol K or whatever. It's just like, it wasn't a wrecking, like we were called the wrecking crew. (laughs)
0: Uh,
1: You know, they're all mad about it or, and uh, it's really of no consequence, uh, what they're called. But anyways, uh, you were, you are asking me something, uh, you were on your way to something.
0: Oh yeah. Like I was, um, wondering, so what I guess records you listen to frequently, like, are you, are you even the, like, I don't know. I feel like it's different for every artist. Like, do, you, do are you able to listen to other music when composing your stuff or are you, uh, cause I, I know some artists are some artists say, no, I can't listen to anything else. But um what's like your sort of I guess how does the way you listen to music um connect with how you make music?
1: Um oh I just get excited. I mean it's a crutch for me. It's always been a crutch um listening to music. Uh I don't know that I've had the uh strength to go through a day without music. <laughs> Which uh is kind of intense to think about. I and but i uh yeah i listen to music all the time but i actually i don't know it's i whittled stuff down over the years where i just stopped buying music because i didn't have any i like didn't want to like it, i could justify spending the money actually <laughs> which is crazy because I, I sell music but um yeah lately uh i, I was a lot of youtube and the radio and I got a radio in the kitchen and I'll play that quite often. Like when I'm in there and you just turn it on and I like, first off it sounds real nice. I got this nice old radio and there's some good stations here. There's a killer oldie stations and a good r station and a uh, uh, university station that'll play kind of more off the wall stuff. But yeah, I was like on YouTube all the time and then the ads were going and then I was like, well, okay, first off, this sounds like shit. Uh, you know, most of the time. Um uh, but then I was, and then the ads are coming on and then I got all fired up about the ads and I was like, well, wait a minute, what's the difference between this and the way the radio was? In fact, it's not even as bad as the radio was, you know, when I, like, Oh, when I, I'm thinking about it in the past tense for some reason, even though I'm still hearing it, they're disconnected for some reason in my brain. Uh, the radio is a thing of the past, you know, I'm listening to it still, but, uh, yeah, a lot, like a lot of the YouTube. And then I was like, oh, well, I'll go to the Vimeo because then you, there's no ads, you know what I mean? And then that kind of got me onto this re, re-getting into this classic rock stuff because the only full albums on Vimeo are just like classics. So it's just like the White Album and Jimi Hendrix and these kinds of things, like the Beatles. Um, so I've been listening to a lot of that stuff. But the main thing I did in the last, I think it was like two or three months ago, was my friends are all amazing musicians. And over the years, I made a... I'm very grateful. I made some amazing friends and they, and I forget actually that they're really amazing musicians and even people I've met in passing will be releasing stuff. So as far as new music goes, yeah, I actually loaded up uh, this iPod I have and I loaded it up with my friend's music. And it's kind of incredible (laughs) how much good music is on there. Like I listened to my friends, whim their record last night and my friend Morgan Greenwood sent me a bunch of music. Uh, My friend, Christian, and this girl, Dorothea Pass, uh, who I only knew in passing, but she just put out a record and it's really good. It's really good. Like, incredible singer. Um, and the Freak Heatwaves and Chad Van Galen. And I'm forgetting people because people are, there's so much wild stuff. My friend Amy in Toronto, what the hell's her thing called? Blue Light. She sends me stuff uh, occasionally if she can figure out how to attach the thing. We're both pretty clumsy with uh, the email stuff. Like, New Fries from Toronto. They put out oh, pretty, they're great! Yeah, like it's weird, interesting music coming from these people. Uh, and like I said, I'm forgetting a lot of people. So anyways, I put uh, uh, my buddy Colte, he just sent me the synthesizer stuff. But yeah, I, I just loaded it up with basically people I know. My friend Matt just sent me a record. Like I, it's all coming to mind and it's wild because it's actually a lot of stuff um that's very really varies in style and genre and like technique and whatever and it's all good so i that emboldens me because i'm like wow like um i don't know it just makes me excited um so yeah i've been i've been throwing that stuff on a lot i just kind of loaded it up and then yeah i got the classic rock uh going but i've also been digging into um old stuff like cole Porter, and Ella Fitzgerald and this stuff that almost makes you, it hurts almost. It's very, what I don't know what the word is, like saccharine or something. It's just like, it uh, kind of hurts, but there's something about it and it hits the mark sometimes where it's really interesting. You're like, okay, these are old songs. This is the uh, um, origin of, of whatever is happening now or some aspect of the origin of what's happening now or what happened in, in the 50s and 60s and it's uh different i i did hear some some you know, hear kind of flirtations with it i my friend played me some ariana Grande song but there was like almost old like 40s sounding strings on it mm. um but there's something that's interesting to me or even like duke ellington there's some old stand, like what just standards which i don't even know but like mood indigo and sophisticated lady and things like this but there's like um Whatever, it's just unusual melodies by today's standards, especially in, in thinking about pop songs. Um, that's what I love about Karen Carpenter too. They're kind of in that tradition. Like they loved those really campy wild oldies and her favorite singer was Ella Fitzgerald. Um, but where it's, um, and I love the the Ramones and uh, whatever too, where it's like monolithic or the Jesus Mary chain, uh, very simple um, carved out melody. But there's something interesting to me about like, I'm just like, how do you do that? How do you even think like that? to write a melody like that that's like changing all the time that's winding around and it almost sounds like they're working around the words they're not just uh just from a songwriting perspective i think it's interesting because uh there's a tendency to write a melody for a song and cling to that melody and then cram syllables into that melody almost bubblegum style and then that's your song um it's interesting to me these older songs uh my my assumption is that they really worked around the words and that's what moves the song. Joni Mitchell does that too. Like where it's just on un- it's really unusual um compared to like a kind of bubblegum song or whatever. Like it's really interesting to me. So I've been digging into that like old jazz stuff um and it's approachable to me. Um but yeah, it's it's I, I don't know, I'm just curious about it. And then the other person is this Art Tatum guy, this piano player because i got really sick a while ago and then i watched that whole ken burns (laughs) jazz thing which is is crazy but it was interesting but the one that stuck out to me i was like art tatum i was like whoa because the way that he moves around just blows my mind it's so frenetic and uh emotional too like it doesn't sound mechanical but it's just like really jarring uh the way i think of like uh Whatever, anything, anything else that's jarring, but like Deerhoof's guitars or this kind of like swung or like Captain Beefheart's guitars, but where it's like really uh, squirrely, you know, just like like unpredictable. That's a good word for it. So it's exciting to listen to. You're just like, whoa, this is crazy, and it's interesting to me that it's just one person on a keyboard, uh, doing all this, like, uh, put, put you know, just manipulating your your emotions.
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah wild stuff yeah yeah what goes on and i i would love to know what goes on in some of these artists brains
1: what i'm realizing though is that it's like a way of life for these people so you couldn't even and that's what's so cool about listening to music i think is that it's loaded with like years of Commitment and interests and these shifts and someone's whatever, everything. Mm-hmm. And then it just hits you as one thing. And it's all it's like a magic trick, kind of right, where all this planning goes into it and that's out of sight or whatever. And I just I love that. But yeah, exactly. These people were just, and that's something I've been thinking about too, is like when trying to play a lot, um, because in a in a committed uh way, um, because that's that's what it is. That's what these people are doing. So Art Tatum, I swear to God, that's all he did was play piano there's the, you couldn't play like that if you didn't yeah and it's it but it seems miraculous to like a lay person it's just like this is supernatural basically because <laughs> i could sit down in front of the same piano <laughs> and what's that sound like <sighs> yeah
0: um <laughs> uh yeah 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 um, you mentioned, like, that you consider yourself, like, um, goth in a sense. <laughs> I was wondering if there are any, like, specific, like, um, goth icons throughout history that um, um, maybe you hold to a certain standard.
1: Oh, um, I, the first thing that comes to mind is cocktail twins. But I don't know if they're considered goth, but I think of that as, for some reason, I think of it in that light. Um, and all the obvious ones, really, I mean like the cure. Um, and my brother's like that too. It's funny. Uh, he doesn't, he doesn't look like a goth, but he's a goth. (laughs) But, uh, yeah, the, the cure and the Cocteau twins. And, uh, I think of the marriage chain as goth, but they're not goth. Like, I don't know what that really means, you know, but, um, I know they're not, I'm thinking more of their hair actually is what's going on. yeah. Um Nico, I'd say is goth as hell. Yes,
0: yes. Uh, that final trilogy. Yeah.
1: Right? Like that.
0: index, desert shore. Yeah.
1: That's Very like goth, the yeah. essence, I think. Yeah. I would say that she would be up there. And those records in particular, like when I first heard them just talk about like opening the door into a world of some cultivated thing. You had no idea what was going on or where it was coming from. <laughs> uh yeah wow yeah that i think that those would be up there for sure yeah i re, yeah i got that desert shore oh that's my early 20s because i knew the velvet underground's obsessed um uh for years but then i found the i think it was desert shore i got the actual record this is in my early 20s uh when i had some records and then Marble next yeah and you're just like oh, okay wow this is how i feel yeah <laughs> it doesn't it's not pretty <laughs>
0: Yeah, and I hate that everyone sleeps on those albums like you think they- so?
1: Well, they're very they're very um aggressive. I yeah. think in my opinion.
0: Yeah. Definitely. So yeah, not exactly, but it's not easy listening by any sense. So yeah, but yeah.
1: Yeah, but I I I yeah. hear you. I th- yeah, that would be up there as far as the goth Emblem- emblematic goth goes for sure.
0: Yeah. And I, I also I also love how that was sort of her like um I guess rejecting her own image in a in a way.
1: Yeah, those are full on art records. But I know what you're saying. Yeah, because she was uh uh what's the word? Like a showbiz lady or whatever, like a model actress kind mm-hmm. of chic, like you're saying, right?
0: And yeah. then
1: yeah, to put these records out, it's pretty uh far out. Yeah. Amazing.
0: Yeah. And I was just wondering what, um, I think for, um, cat of nine Tales. like there's a lot of like religious, um, sort of themes and undertones that are, um, present. And like, I think, um, I was reading another interview you did, um, where I think you spoke about like the creative martyr complex. And I was um one and how that can be kind of dangerous and um not kind of dangerous but yeah toxic but I was wondering like if you could tell me a little bit about how those kinds of themes initially puzzle uh, you you use those to puzzle this sort of record together
1: oh yeah um well those themes just come from when I was a kid so that I'm just made of that I'm made of like biblical terror uh it's just true like i can't help it you know what i'm saying i was devout as a kid full on got the kids bible and have had experiences that i won't get into cuz they're too personal but had vivid uh spiritual experiences um and then came to doubt that and like overthrow that in my mind and then now and uh, you know that kind of angsty manson zone like the manson kid zone where you're just like it's religion smoking bullshit or whatever <laughs> but um uh, but um i uh yeah and i'm still in that zone but i do think uh, uh speaking of like this kind of things that are so popular you almost can't even see them anymore or so um you just take them for granted but jesus is the same thing but um yeah, I just think I just don't think that's a good example to set for, uh, I don't know. I mean, that was my perception of it. But uh, for a young boy, that the ultimate example of a uh, that God or uh, the third aspect of God is a guy who um, wanders around with nothing. Actually, that's kind of that's kind of cool. He wasn't materialistic, but just just the image of a lacerated cut up uh starved jesus (laughs) who's kind of sexy too like it's (laughs) it's very it's very kinky and highly sexual like there's and which is something people don't talk about yeah i saw
0: i I saw jabuki young white do a stand-up set where he said um he was talking about his catholic school experience and he was like jesus be looking cute as fuck on that cross i'm not gonna lie but yeah
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He's got like, and he's always got abs and, you know, cum gutters or that's kind of crass, but you know what I mean? So it's, yeah, it's like, (laughs) I just, I just don't think it's good. I don't think it's Mm -hmm. like whatever. And so I kind of resented, uh, or I whatever I've just been, um, dealing with that, but I just, yeah, whatever. It's ultimately, it's just like, I don't, basically the message that sends is like he was supposed to die. He deserved to die and being victimized was like his victimization was honorable and we should worship it actually you know and there's there's a vast like i could talk about this theme for with you for like three hours because i like this this is what i'm saying that's my that's where i started was spiritual warfare uh um yeah spiritual warfare so And then I disproved that in my teens or whatever, or superficially. I'm just like, yeah, no, like I don't go for that. And it's still there. And then you throw some psychedelics into the mix or any of these kind of like soul shattering, uh, identity shattering world, like earth shattering uh, experiences. You come out on the other side of it and you're like, okay, like you know, that's, that's what I'm working on right now is just, I'm like, there, there is reality and there things have consequences and things are true in the real world. <laughs> like things are concrete. Uh, but I'm kind of floating around in this weird area. But anyways, that's, that's the, the Jesus thing. Yeah. I just don't want to um, victimize myself. And, you know, I, and everybody has stuff happening to them in their life that they, whatever transgressions against them where they have been victimized. But I think, um, in my own experience, I think, um there were things where you you need to um overcome those things, and you can't blame people for what they did or any of this, and you're accountable for your own life like you you know what I mean, so i think it it's it's supposed to be empowering uh so the the four horsemen, which is another like element of that, but that's just supposed to be the end of this self flagellation this uh uh, which is an ideal, like, of course that's impossible, but the ideal is, uh, to cut it out, like take it easy on yourself, you know, yeah. don't take yourself so seriously, which is kind of part of that whole thing. It's just like, it's me and everything's so serious. And it's me, 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 which is a very goth tendency. <laughs> uh, my problems are exceptional and you know, my, no one understands my pain and, uh, um, my
0: minor transgressions are the end of the world.
1: Yeah. It's very, uh self-centered yeah uh and even honestly even the act of listening to music and sulking (laughs) alone is just like i mean it has its purpose and it has its benefits because it's really cathartic and can steer you or catapult you somewhere but i've certainly been in some spots where i was being a stick in the mud or just like i kind of learned to i got used to that it's just like oh yeah like i feel like shit every day and it's like yeah this is just like tuesday and I'm yeah. still getting out of that. I joke, I'm experimenting with self-respect, but I'm just like, I don't know. It's it's funny, but even, even uh, you know, I wouldn't blame like religion for my view of myself also, you know, but that's kind of where that, the idea of the record came from. I just wanted it to be like empowering. Um, and it's funny to use the same, it's kind of like drag. You're using the same construct to try and combat the other side of it. You know what I'm saying? You're using, Absolutely, as, as, yeah. uh, and I've noticed that tendency. That's, that's kind of my whole thing is very bipolar. Um, um, I've noticed in retrospect, I'm just like, oh yeah, this is all just like wild, like volatile extremes kind of, you know what I'm saying? Uh, masculine, feminine, and uh, good and evil, and uh, which is, I guess it's basic stuff. But, um, yeah, that's, that's like what, where that record that idea came from and I wanted the uh, sequence of this tracks to kind of be this kind of journey where it was like really frantic. And like, I was really actually, I don't usually say this, but those instrumental tracks on the cat of nine tails, I'm actually pretty proud of because um I worked really hard on those and they happened fast, but I wrote, um you know, really long classical guitar thing that I worked on for a really long time. And then I dumped it into the computer and tinkered with it like crazy but um there's a lot of like what i'm talking about the hours that go behind something and then you just hear it but i feel like the way it's compressed like that all that time compressed in a, those three sections or whatever um that's how i feel so i was really happy about that because like the way those songs are going <laughs> like where it's kind of insane uh that's like an actual way that i feel a lot of the time with my hellish uh circling thoughts you know what i mean so i'm trying to tone that down and then there's these kind of reprieves in there of like this bliss and i feel like that's just how i feel that record is these wild uh highs and lows uh that i want to get away from but the the last track bondage of the mind uh the yeah that just that was supposed to just be about trying to get out of uh that that bondage like this the routine where like the story you tell of yourself and who you are and uh, that kind of victimization plays into that. It's like, oh, these things happened to me. And so this is why, why I am the way I am. And like, you know, like the stories you tell yourself and, um, all this stuff and like, um, yeah, it's just supposed to be hopeful. Like you could undo that or get out of it or that it was optional to a degree or there's, there's things you could do, you know, very long winded. You got to excuse me. I'm, I'm talking very pressured speech. I usually, uh, I dropped the smoke. So I I had one, but I've been, I I think I had two in the last six days, but I feel like there's like electricity in my blood. Uh, so excuse me if I'm talking too much. No, 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 no,
0: no. no. You're all good. This is a platform for talking specifically. Right. Right. You're, you're good. (laughs) Um, well, going back to, um, what's tonight to eternity. Um, I was wondering where the snippet, where you got the snippet at the end of Lucifer stand from.
1: Yes, that is, I was listening to, um, sometimes I'll listen to religious, uh, content on YouTube. <laughs> uh, so I'll listen to Sometimes I listen to the Bible and sometimes like the King James Bible, uh, it's really like kind of romantic, harsh, old timey language. Uh, and the narrator is good. There's a, the, the guy on there. he has got a nice voice, but and sometimes I listen to sermons. Some of them are really far out and like, Whoa, uh, you know, like even people like, I don't know. It's weird. I'll dip into, um, things where people are saying stuff I don't agree with, but like, wh- like, you know, I've listened to things where it's like a sermon about like how basically what you could say, everything I'm doing, but like people who toy with, uh, Satanic imagery and the music industry and trans identifying are like all part of the devil's plot to like corrupt America's youth and stuff. Like what like far out stuff. And it's like a lot of views, and it's like some church I can't even remember where. But the point is, I'll dip into this stuff. I'm interested in uh I don't know, even if I disagree with it, but I'm just like, okay, that's a thing. Okay, wow. <laughs> um interesting. Um just i don't know what it is but i guess it's just sensational stuff but it's also just like this is in the air this is in the world um and just being curious and just being like what the fuck man the fuck this shit but anyways uh i uh was listening to testimonies and that's like when people just it's like that revelation moment where you turn to god and you realize like you really feel god and you acknowledge his existence basically um, so that was just one of those testimonials, you know what I mean? Uh, someone's religious testimony about this, like full on crisis turning point where, yeah, they're in their living room and it was like, like the way you, you hear it, the way they're talking about it, um, the scale of it, like the scale of how they see the world and, and there's something really dreadful and awful about it where you're like. Okay, this person's just in their house. Like, why do they got to feel this torment? Why do they have to feel this these negative emotions because of these religious views and, or this religious perception? Like, is this even necessary? You know, at one point I think she's talking about her kid being at like a sleepover or something, like some regular everyday thing. You're like, why is this necessary? Like, why would what is this? But I also feel like um um it's not meant to be funny or anything like that, because I also think there's something really beautiful about it because that's that's her perception of of the world and like isn't that kind of amazing you know like to find that much um value or just to perceive that much kind of um just to be sensitive to that kind of action or to just faith to have that faith and like to be emotionally connected to it and just believing in things because i feel like um I yearn for that. And part of me does believe all that stuff too. So that's what I mean. I heavy <laughs> something. It's like, uh, it's very meaningful to me and uh, the experiences I've had. And I think it's kind of funny to just use some random thing, but I also think, um, a testimony is a, a public proclamation of, um, an experience you had. And it's kind of a declarer. Yeah. It's a, it's a public declaration. So I, I did feel kind of conflicted about it, but, um, yeah, I, I just, I feel jealous of people who are devout spiritually um, in a ritualistic way. And I think a lot of people, our generation feel that way where I don't know, like when I think about pop culture and the attitudes in the nineties, like when I was a kid and that like kind of cynical, cold nihilistic vibe, that's like permeates like a lot of stuff in pop culture. Like from when I was a kid that kind of shaped me and just thinking about how I antisocial and kind of, cynical i was when i was younger um i don't know like it just seems really dirty to me and uh i i just i respect that i don't know i just think there's something admirable about it and i don't know where i'm headed with that kind of spirituality but I, you can tell that's a huge trend now um with people being on the kind of new age tip and like vaguely spiritual but you could tell people are yearning for that whether it's whether it's even like um a a, a hint of it with some kind of uh, meditation regimen or something or like tarot cards or something. But like, you could tell people are, are des I think people need that. I think music is connected to that and, and art in general. I think it's uh, connected to that kind of spiritual uh, feeling or that kind of like cathartic feeling where you're not just talking about bullshit, <laughs> you know, like there's something, there's something rare. I like how, um, serious it is. I like how um invested it is. It's not a fucking joke. Uh and like I could make fun of it too. But like there is something I like about that. You know, where it's like, no, this is this is very, very serious to me. And it's important to me. And I see this and I feel this. And uh again, it's some I don't know, it's just kind of conviction in general, you know. But uh anyways, I that's long-winded way of saying that's what that's about. And I think that song is about um or the intention behind it is, is just using these symbols. Um, again, the, the feminine symbols and the, the satanic symbols or the Christian symbols and the male symbols or whatever, I think it's pretty like shallow and superficial, uh, stuff, especially with like the way I see stuff. But, um, I think symbols are powerful and I think you kind of have to use the ammunition you have that makes sense. You can't just invent some you can't get past where you are or like i don't know if you can just you know what i'm saying you can't just like launch into some future that's beyond those ingredients or something or maybe you you can but it doesn't happen immediately so um what am i yammering about i'm just saying (laughs) the the lucifer thing became like a, a very in my mind juvenile like uh, Manson's own kind of thing of uh, as a symbol to rebel against these Christian things. But it's, again, I, I question it and it seems really juvenile because it's the same, it's from the same book. They made the guy up.
0: You're mm-hmm. gonna
1: use this to fight that. And so I that's, again, my skepticism of the kind of, uh, my uh, occasional kind of punching into femininity or whatever and being like, I don't, why I don't wanna wear it as a badge or something where it's like, I don't know. It just it seems pretty superficial to me. It's the same shit. It's just stereotypes. But I will say, um, I don't think there's anything particularly uh, inflammatory or dangerous of uh, what I've done, but I, I'm just always thinking about it. And uh, yeah, the religious stuff is is kind of the undercurrent for my whole mentality that whether I like it or not, which is something I've been thinking about a lot and trying to get back to. And I think even listening to this old music that I used to listen to when I was really young and reapproaching it, and uh listening to some of this biblical stuff and reapproaching that but i've just like realized like i think i don't know what you think about this but just the original settings me and my friend have been talking about this it's like whatever i aspire to be and these ideals i have now like that are very verbal and very surface what's my like felt like what's my you know this kind of thing this kind of intuition reaching for your intuition, your true self, or whatever. But like that undercurrent, like the real shit, whether you like it or not. Yeah. Whatever. I'm just, uh, you know, but I'm not really thinking about this stuff when I'm making the record. This is the funniest thing about this journalistic kind of thinking is like, you don't, you know, I'm not writing a fucking essay about the record I'm going to make. You know what I mean? Um, I have a, I could talk about it after, but like while I was doing it, I was just making things. And that sounds, uh, it always sounds like I just did it. And people are always like, what do you mean? You just did it. Like, but you just do it. Like, and you're not really, um, I I think some people may might have more intention with like, uh, I don't know, maybe their lyrics or something where there's like a real message there or something, but I find, um, I'm more aware of that and I want to be more intentional about what I'm doing, but I, most of this, yeah, pretty much everything I've made up till now, I, you're just, it's kind of this big manic push and you're you're not um you're just doing it um and then like i said you just explain it to somebody later you know what i mean and then they quote you on it and then five years later somebody somebody asks you about it (laughs) and then you say all this like heady shit about it but it's like i don't know i i uh
0: what what also interested me about uh your records was the fact that um the way you manipulate and sort of pitch your voice um and I was wondering if that was something you were even conscious of when making this or if it was just like a coincidence I guess
1: um yeah I think that's um a cheap way for me to um or it has been like a way for me to um uh, I get just live out that fantasy or something where I wish I could that's what my voice sounded like but um, yeah, and I felt, I remember this has only happened a couple times because when I play live, it's, it's a hot mess usually and doesn't sound so good. But a couple of times people came up to me at the end and uh, said like, oh, I thought you were, you know, like a, a real lady or whatever. And then I was like, I took it. I, I was like, it made me feel great or whatever, you know. Uh, I was like, oh, wow. That's, uh, I don't know. I felt good about it or that was my my feeling about it um but um and i think um that's it's really blended in with the creative stuff so i'm like oh i'll i want to sing this way and i can't or even like um a lot of old vocal groups it's in you can't tell the gender of the people who are singing there's a lot of falsetto and low voices and do you know what i mean like you you would have no idea um um so i'm trying to think like frankie lyman i really like him but he was like a kid or even young you know baby michael jackson um but even uh these grown-ups doing the falsetto um i just like i like that but i think um earlier on that that took on more meaning where i was like oh my like it was like an ecstatic feeling um it's like oh i can sound this way i want to um but at this point, I'm I'm pretty, um, like I said, just unsure about it or what it means or I question it, I guess. And I get, I don't know, like, it's funny. I don't know why I feel conflicted about it. And I can't tell if it's about my own uh, feelings or if it's about um, what other people think, but which I really try not to concern myself with, but you can't help it sometimes. But you just don't want to be whatever, like bullshit. You know, nobody wants yeah. to be bullshit. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's that's what it was around. I think um, uh, in the basically up until, I don't know, probably like a year ago, I think it would bank more heavily on that where it's like, I wish I was, yeah, just, you know, I wish I could sound like that or be that person this imaginary person but um yeah is that what you were asking me yeah
0: yeah
1: yeah i Uh, I do think um, and there's there's parts where it's pitched like differently where it's kind of in between the timbers or the it's it's kind of in between or it's really processed to the point where you don't even know what it is um yeah
0: i was wondering if you could tell me a little bit about um composing and recording and mixing um i want you to suffer because that's one of my favorite um tracks um especially like the break in between where it's just like this like suicide-esque like assault of like i'm glad you like
1: that that's cool yeah i'm glad you like that song i feel uh i feel kind of self-conscious about that song because to me i'm just like whatever or like what i mean is um it doesn't mean shit to me that there's feedback in the song do you know what I mean like but I think like for the actually at the label they had to fucking remaster it because that break they had because they couldn't press it to vinyl which I, I got mm-hmm. like rat me got like a huge kick out of but uh, they, it was too hot to be pressed to vinyl but um, whatever again like kind of was talking about the cat on tails thing like with the frantic stuff uh, that little section I'm like yeah that's the way I feel <laughs> no I don't know if you should put that on a record and make a thousand of them but I did it but uh I'm really glad you like that I think um whatever that song just my I mean it's pretty transparent but it's just like an oldie you know what I mean and I like that there's um yeah it's a shuffle beat but I love the shuffle and I want to bring the shuffle back I think the shuffle is fantastic it's like really propulsive and circular and I love the shuffle so I wanted to do a shuffle song and uh yeah, I don't know. I can't remember actually. I haven't heard that song ages or sung it. But the lyrics uh whatever, there's a conflict in there for sure. <laughs> Identity conflict. Um yeah, I think I don't know. That's kind of like the whole thing of the project. I think that song might kind of sum it up. I think that that song like I don't want to think like that. Like I want you to suffer. I don't want to be hateful like that or bitter or um I think there was something kind of campy about the title, to be honest, we're so excessive. It's like almost uh, funny. I don't like ironic stuff, but I think I, I get there sometimes, but, uh, I, I'm saying that now, but at the time when I wrote it, I really did want some, some people to suffer, but but like, uh, yeah, I just liked the song, you know what I mean? And I got some drums going. I never really had drums in the studio. So I was pretty excited about that. And, um, I got to plug him into some cool stuff. And uh I don't know how it happened. I just did it, but I had this feedback, and I was I was excited by the feedback because you're not supposed to do that. But what it is is condenser microphone feedback, everything. So the point is that's um it was an accident, which but uh oh, I had the headphones open. And because that condenser microphone is so hungry for any sound that's gonna come through, like you could even when I'm talking to you right now, I'm, this is a condenser microphone, but I can hear uh bass from people's cars when they're driving by blasting the music um uh i don't know why i'm excited about it it's just kind of amazing but anyways the uh yeah whatever that's all headphone feedback which is not okay because it's like completely freaking out the condenser microphone is like eating like chugging the sound just like and whatever so that's that's just a lot of headphone feedback and me having fun uh but it sounds to me like, like, uh, pretty ecstatic, you know. So I yeah. really got off. When I was listening to it for the first time. I was like, "Whoa, this is like a feeling or something." And I was pretty. I thought it was kind of cool. And uh, again, like, I like. I feel like it's kind of bratty, you know, or like like uh, people be like, "Oh, why you gotta do this?" You know, put this on the song or whatever. But I liked it. I thought it was yeah. kind of fun. And then the end is uh, kind of relaxing, you know. So, and I like my brother talked to me about that, but he's just talking about like these phases of these songs. Like some songs have like three parts, but that's what ended up happening, like that, like um, uh, these different sections, you know, like paranoid, android, or something, or happiness is a warm gun kind of thing. um But yeah, just like an Oregon thing, and I wanted to do something kind of relaxing after that, I guess. um But I'm glad you like that song because I felt kind of like insecure about it. It's like necessary. <laughs>
0: Yeah. Um, I'm not sure if this happens on a regular basis or if it's only happened like a few times, but have there been any specific points where you were, um, where you took something like so far that you like almost surprised yourself?
1: Oh yeah. This whole thing is like that. Yeah. Like I'm not an extroverted person. I was just telling you about like when I was a teenager, I wouldn't wear any clothes that made me stick out or, um, yeah like the whole thing is um against my nature i never even like learned how to enjoy playing in front of or like i wasn't even there almost when i was playing in front of people for years and i played a lot of comp like the first tour i went on i was 16 like um yeah the whole i feel like this whole project um was uh, what you're talking about about trying to like really just self-expression, which is was what you take it for granted. That's what you do no matter what. Anytime you do anything creative, whether it's writing or recording or whatever, but um yeah, I feel like that's happened to me this whole time. To the point where I'm like, oh my god, whoa, you know what I mean? Like because uh, because whatever. If you, if you're a very um private kind of person, but you're an entertainer basically. It's, it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> but if you can talk yourself up, like even recording a record is a huge mental game to convince yourself, whatever that it's worth doing. That's worth the time that it's any good uh, that you feel like it, whatever it is. But like, um, yeah, most of the stuff I've done, I mean, that first tape I did is fucking far out in my, in my opinion where I'm like, I can't even believe I did that. Like what uh, this is called Tate Um, Yeah. Like that's a thing where I'm like, what? like where did that come from that is like uh raw i or like even even just even just um the idea of giving something out putting something out in public that is so uh, unpolished like it's basically i see it as like a diary entry i feel like that album's insane and it, like i don't know and i feel like the other ones are kind of whatever more structured more polished i guess (laughs) but that's a record where i'm like oh my god like that is like a a transmission from uh from hell (laughs) um but i think that's like kind of cool you know maybe like you know but yeah that happens to me a lot i think um that's that's more like the mood i'm talking about you're talking about like you know Things where you surprise yourself. That's more just like, oh, I'm surprised I did that, or I managed to even get done considering what was going on. But as far as like being pleased with something goes, um, that'll happen once in a while. I mean, usually when you're recording, it'll be pretty cathartic and it's loud and you're kind of involved in it, and um you get carried away. And that's kind of the best part of being a musician, in my opinion, is that when you're recording and you're kind of excited about it and you're not even talking to anybody really. And so you're not getting all heady about it and like, you know, defining everything and explaining everything and uh, um, defending things and tearing them down. It's just like, Oh, this sounds cool. I'm going to try it again, you know, and it's exciting. And uh, uh, that'll happen. Most of the time, anything that ends up on a record, you would probably have that feeling about it. Otherwise, you know, it wouldn't be worth putting on the record, but you'll doubt it along the way. Most people will for a variety of reasons but here and there there's something where you're like oh that's cool and i think the one thing that comes to mind is this string break there's a song called the limit on that what's tonight to eternity but there's some strings on there and my whole musical life i've wanted to have strings like etta james my mom used to listen to james where these like really lush string breaks instrumental string breaks like heart strings um and I still love that most. A lot of music I listen to will have that kind of ga- uh, gaudy, like instrumentation. That Cold Porter stuff plays into that, where it's just like full-on, gross, crazy saccharine stuff. But, anyways, uh, oh, the limit—that was one where I surprised myself. Where I—I w- I was just recording and tracking, and then I did that string break, and then I remember being like, "Hey, that's like all right," you know. Like it's, I'll tear, I'm, you know, I'll tear stuff to shreds. It's just ridiculous. I'm trying not to take it so seriously. Like at this point, I kind of don't even care and to tear something down. Like it's, it's what I did, whatever. Like I liked it at some point and I can see it, you know, I don't need to take it so seriously, but I think the string break, I kind of surprised myself. I was like, that kind of sounds like a real string break, you know? Um, so i was i was just happy about that and that'll happen once in a while and that's kind of what propels you to finish a record i think is there'll be a couple of things maybe it's a whole track or a couple of whole tracks or even just a section of this thing that's new where you're really excited about it. you're like okay like i kind of like i kind of uh did something i have been wanting to do for a long time and didn't know how or like you said surprised yourself the headphone feedback that'd be more of a surprise you know where you're um whatever you're just fucking around i mean that's the most stoner thing ever it's like oh i'm gonna record you know the you know i've done all that stuff record the fireworks outside like drag a microphone inside record the fireworks record the the belt sander you know from the construction site next door because i always live by someplace that's under construction uh all these kind of accidents that you know every i think everyone does when they're recording like oh this is cool but i kind of like even doing that stuff where it's like so uh (laughs) I guess whatever some snob would be like. Oh, like
0: really, you're doing this like
1: cliche thing? And it's like, yeah, actually I am. And you know what? It was super and it fun works. And,
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> Leave me be. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's some surprises. And the pop thing, I'm always I see it as an art form. Oh, and yeah. so, and it's it's cool to me that kind of kind of the same thing as the religious structure I'm talking about. People have, but I, I'm interested in that. Like just these formats. I guess that's like a spiritual format. I shouldn't compare a whole person's whole religious uh, view to a pop song, but I, whatever, I, it's just fascinating to me. The three, three and a half, three, three and a half minute, two and a half to three minute, three and a half minute song. And what can happen in that amount of time and how amazing that experience can be and like what it takes to write that. And like, I don't know, I feel like you could spend your whole life listening to that, which people have. Or trying to write it and do a half decent job. So occasionally I've had little sections where I was like, okay, that's like, that's like, all right, you know, and I you know, you surprise yourself. You try, you experiment with some stuff.
0: What are, what are your thoughts on, I don't know, celebrity idolatry or worship? Cause it's been like people, it seems to have gone like really far in the direction of, I know worship is bad. Stop doing it. But it's a lot more complex and nuanced for, than that. What do you think?
1: Um, I think it's dumb, but I can't help it. So it is what it is. You know what I mean? So like, yeah, uh, yeah I just have that tendency to fixate on things. I'm an obsessive person. You have to be. I looked yeah, at course. your channel, like yeah. digging into stuff, right? And you Mm -hmm. get fixated and, um, I don't know. Yeah. I've always just been like that. And I don't know that there's, I don't know, like, I don't know that there's necessarily anything wrong in it. Like, I don't, I don't, I guess the people I admire are that I'm like infatuated with or obsessed with. Um, I don't like in my mind anyways, consciously I don't like diminish myself or compare myself to them in a way where I'm just like, Oh, I'll never be like that. Or like, I'll never, I don't know, which I think is what the first thing comes to mind. It would be a criticism of like hero worshiping celebrities, but I, I think it is the same shit. I mean, it's funny to me because it is the same shit as worshiping. Um, am I trying to say whether it's in the like supposed counterculture or it's um, whatever, what's the stock, like, like conversation piece culture thing. Right. I don't know if there's a huge difference between me being obsessed with Robison and someone being obsessed with like some other celebrity uh like I don't and I don't know if it matters like I don't know what do you think about that
0: I don't know You well you said something interesting about like um I don't know being like how it's not exactly like how you shouldn't feel like you have to diminish yourself and be like oh I'll never yeah or like I feel like um with certain people that I've had an attachment to I feel like envy can sometimes play a weird part in that for some strange reason. Like I wrote my senior thesis on this, but growing up, envy had a big part in sort of even some of the people I worshipped. Like these public figures can have such a weird impact on somebody's personal identity or or like confidence and stuff like that yeah
1: well yeah i think yeah. i don't know i am so impressionable that's what you mean right it's like yeah. how are we so impressionable
0: yeah how? yeah yeah exactly
1: um i don't know i've there's one thing that kim gordon she's like i remember this but she's like people pay to see other people believe in themselves which yeah. i think it's yeah. on money like that's a genius statement um i think it, part of it's that where it's just like seeing anyone do anything (laughs) when you're a quote regular person uh you're just like okay they must have it figured out not but they really don't yeah (laughs) hell no hell no and that's part of why i think people love to see morbidly see people like people's downfall also um but uh yeah. I don't know about that. I mean, I, well, it seems like you mutated that into like a real, um, what am I trying to say? You took the criticism and took action and put it towards like making content that you would want to see that isn't, you're not seeing it's, it's, that's what it strikes me as. Yeah. So I think that's awesome. That's like the right move it's like okay because i've been thinking about that a lot i'm like okay i'm so skeptical and it's so easy to criticize and get into like slogans and it's like hey i read a headline i read the back of a book you should read the whole thing that vibe i think like and that's cool where it's like it's so easy to be like everything's like this is bullshit but then it's like what's the application of that knowledge or whatever you know what i mean like what do i do with yeah my frustration or like how do i uh like whatever you does that make any sense
0: yeah exactly I just, yeah
1: I guess, I guess i'm just saying i think that's cool but um but you're like doing something that like responding to how this other stuff made you feel yeah. or something because like, follow through is hard people know we've like follows through on anything but i don't know why um i think that's just the, the way we're wired for some reason i don't know like But I think that is it. I don't, I mean, I guess, yeah, I guess it's just like, I want to be like that. I wish I could do that. You know, when we see that like any form of entertainment where again, it's like someone with no single person could do, what am I trying to say? Like, whether it's like Art Tatum or like a hockey player or like, uh, whatever a like medical researcher or a scientist or what astronomer whatever, whatever that's like a lifelong cultivated skill I guess. And so anytime you see something like that's so cultivated and so strong in one person, it's attractive because you're like, oh, I wish like that's that's so admirable. Yeah. I could do that or something. But uh, but I mean, we're talking about like basically boy bands.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah
1: which is crazy i just watched a movie about george harrison this is i I just totally digressed and that didn't make any sense but on what you're talking about i just watched a movie about george harrison and i didn't realize exactly what you're talking about how much of an effect he brought in that like quote eastern hippie new age vibe to like pop culture in north america Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. big time i didn't realize that and i think that's a real thing but he was like Whatever. They were into the meditation uh, with Maharishi Yogi, doing the Transcendental Meditation, all this stuff, and then he kept going with that stuff, with all the imagery and the lifestyle, and he's living in like a palace, which is insane. But um, whatever, exactly what you're talking about, it's a role model.
0: Yeah.
1: Oh, I want to be like, you know, George Harrison, so I'm going to be like, you know, spiritual now, which I guess that's like, in a way. But I also feel like whatever. I'm just, I'm just rambling. What do you, what do you think about it?
0: <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm just thinking about how funny it is that it took a beetle to bring like <laughs> Eastern worship, like, and stuff, a culture like that to, to, I don't know, to popular culture. And so I just, I'm just sort of that kind of, yeah, I just find it so funny.
1: <laughs> it's absurd. He's from Liverpool. Like yeah. they were. <laughs> it, it's actually as a, signifier of what you're talking about i did i did just watch a lot of like i said returning to this stuff and what were the beatles and what did that mean and it's insanity that actually that shea stadium concert they did sounds like the jesus and mary chain because of the screaming it's just this fucking din over top of these pop songs (laughs) totally unintentional but uh yeah you got like i don't like what it's madness like what how empty are people's lives that that's like i I don't even know you know what that's not fair uh they were just excited i guess but it's just wild to think that you'd actually like faint like you'd be like you pass out from Mm. from just the energy of the crowd in an event like that and just seeing the beatles (laughs) yeah or like, like, gonna, like yeah,
0: it's really funny to think about. Like they're just people use a wire. It's like yeah, but in but they're they've been built up to these mythical like iconic like I don't know talismans of idol worship that like when you uh, that that they have this effect on people where it's like almost fatal, you know?
1: Yeah, yeah, mania,
0: mania, beetle <laughs> mania, <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. It- it's um shocking and it is it is really funny too. Yeah, because like yeah, I'm no uh, exception to that. And it is weird too. Just um I don't know, just how it's mirrored, even when you're part of like a subculture or you think of yourself as kind of rebellious. And it's interesting to me just how like a lot of the same things come up for me. Or like in the past, I think I would have been like, Oh, I'm into this, and like other oh, people are into that, and my thing's more meaningful or something. When it's kind of like a similar, um, I suppose the reasons are different, but it is ultimately just like hero mm. worship and yeah. basically I need an external example. I can't be an example or I like my, you know, uh, but I do think like you look, you you know, I look at people in my life that are real and I feel like, uh, I don't know, it's funny. I don't have pictures of them on the wall.
0: Mm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Why is that? Yeah.
1: I don't yeah I don't get where that comes from where you feel like you know someone and it's pretty strange but I know I know that it's funny but you do feel like you know someone and I think when I don't know I the way I equate it is like you feel like you've been reading someone's diary basically yeah. a lot yeah. of people and whatever you latch onto it for reasons but I like good main example of like Kurt Cobain or whatever, but where everyone was just like, you like someone who understands or something
0: And people or whatever. Still, still hold him to that standard today. And, and like, and I just find that so ironic too, because I'm like, you, you do realize that's kind of what killed him, right? Like he didn't want to be the, the, the voice of a generation as it were, he didn't want to be like this, he, the, the, that pressure became too much like and yeah. yeah i just find it so funny that people like even long after his death people are still like oh there's a this man like with yeah yeah you know
1: <laughs> i know and then and then you got them i remember when they actually published his diary right so you've got his own flesh and blood yeah. saying like no that's that's past my boundary and then, yeah exactly It's it's funny to me but i'm not uh, immune to it like because I've, I've had that before um Not to the fainting degree. I'm trying, I feel like if I saw like Christopher Walken or like Shelley Duvall or something, I might faint, (laughs) but like, I don't, I've had a few things, but it's a funny sensation, but basically I, it is intimate. And I think uh, whether you know it or not, like when you're a musician, you're well, first off, you're a liquor salesperson. Secondly, you're a therapist, strangely, but uh, and especially when you get into that goth territory, like it's not good times music. There's some kind of coping happening. And I think everybody's coping, but I, I would put like, I, you'd think like maybe party music might be in a kind of different department. It's still kind of pacifying and a comfort, but I feel like it's different. Like, I feel like that angsty, alienated zone is like a different thing altogether. And I think you attract, because I've even noticed that with my music or you get like some vibes from people sometimes where it's like, you're putting something out there. um, And especially when it's um, so intense and there's dark themes in it and whatever, it's just the classic like slipknot kid zone, (laughs) whatever. But like, there's something very intimate. that's like a huge comfort to that person, especially when they're young, I think. And uh, maybe you're in a certain circle. Like, I don't know what's up with that. Like, if uh, whatever everybody always brings up the internet it's like well the internet changed it but maybe it didn't change shit but like whatever yeah. that isolation it was like I'm not alone you know I heard Joni Mitchell talking about that like she's like whatever just people saying like you raised me she's like hey my name's Joni nice to meet you
0: yeah, like, yeah
1: <laughs> I know you like every word you wrote down and it's very uh kind of yeah fatal attraction vibes but it's, like, kind of beautiful, like, when someone isn't trying to kill you, you know? Yeah. Which yeah. comes around to the John Lennon thing, actually, where it's, like, um, or, and George Harrison got uh, stabbed, too.
0: Oh, but, yeah, yeah, it veers
1: off, and it's wild shit. Like, that kind of fixation and that sense of uh, intimately knowing someone that's a complete stranger.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah. It Yeah, it goes into scary territory, yeah, like, for sure.
1: Yeah. And I don't I didn't mean to say there are uh, most of the people mm-hmm. um actually almost everyone I talk to uh, uh about my music is super sweet and uh, respectful and awesome and I appreciate everything. I've had so, like I I'm actually in touch with a lot of people. But there's been a few situations where I was like, "Whoa, like damn, like this is uh I I can't like I'm not like a family member or like uh I can't give like how like I don't you know what I'm saying Mm
0: -hmm. I don't
1: like no like I can't like I don't know it's it's, it's strange um and I've got gone pretty wild myself yeah in that Uh, I've definitely said some wild shit to people before so I'm very uh sympathetic
0: I was just talking to my I was actually talking to my aunt the other day and she told me um a story about how she wrote uh, this really personal and intimate letter to David Bowie as a kid that she never even sent, but she just felt this like
1: uncontrollable
0: like emotional fixation on like well, like you said like what she said to me like I felt like I knew him like yet yeah, like and, and in in the weirdest way and she was very self aware about it too she was like I, I wrote this whole letter that I never even sent but it's just such a universal kind of weird like yeah um sort of experience
1: it's funny you use that example because david bowie is absolutely one of those people for me like not only whatever not only like countless amazing songs but as a tv personality as an interview like incredible so funny so charismatic comes across so smart and insightful and makes fun of himself and just seems like a real person that you like he's your friend like just we're talking about around the I would faint if I met David Bowie, rest, rest in peace. Like my God, but, but yeah, I don't know. Like it's, it's madness, Uh, but just so charismatic. I mean, I guess that's just the cult leader thing, but I feel like I've even noticed this too. Like just someone, anyone who's sure of themselves can, can kind of take over people who aren't sure.
0: Yeah, exactly. I think that goes
1: across the board. Yeah. I mean, I even think about like because I'll always give you know usually it's to my detriment sometimes give people the time of day, but I notice that even like you know those nights where you're out and uh, whatever you're just hanging out and like maybe you're outside smoking or something you get wrapped up in a conversation and someone is just comes up starts talking to you and all of a sudden forty five minutes go by and you're just like wait a minute and it maybe takes a dark turn it's a stranger and you're just like holy shit like this person just kind of like. Not hypnotize me, but you know what I'm saying. They were yeah, so, yeah. There's some conviction there,
0: like a cult leader, like you said. Yeah,
1: absolutely. And I don't know. Like I'm pretty whatever. I'm trying to be better about that, but I've gotten myself honestly. I've gotten myself into some situations like that where it's like holy shit. Like okay, like I got like I this is actually I'm not like safe right now. Mm. <laughs> and then trying to figure out like how to get rid of yeah. Person, or whatever. But I mean, David Bowie's is on the sweet end of that spectrum. Um, but um yeah, Lou Reed, there was a good uh, quote. Like, again, I'm kind of like, I can think of these people and quote them like they're like, like great, you know, human, like, you know, like, like Einstein or I don't yeah. know, like some Copernicus or something. It's like Bowie and Lou Reed. It's like, here's another Lou Reed quote I have. <laughs> but wait, he's like, uh, someone's asking him, they're like, who are you? And then he says, I'm a projection. I'm whatever people want me to be. And I thought that was a pretty apt thing. I think all these people I have on the wall are just some idealized version of myself or some whatever, like, not, you know, I, I don't like to get too heady about it, but I think there is something it's just like, Oh, I wish I was like that in some way that maybe that person doesn't even, especially when you think about an actor or performer where you are, um, what am I trying to say it's artificial. Like Shelly Duval, she's pretending she's someone else every time I've ever seen her. I don't even know, like, anything about.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> I don't know. It's it's madness. But yeah, Bowie, like, it's just unreal. Whatever. I, yeah, he, he would do, like, kind of pastiche stuff, but he would, like, really um, somehow sell it. I mean, even that old stuff, there's, like, stuff where he almost sounds like Sam Cooke. Like, um, what the fuck is it called? I dig everything and, uh, oh, for God's sake whatever it's just like some of the earliest stuff but it just sounds like, like almost exactly like Sam Cooke and he's kind of selling it and you're like how the fuck does this work David like he's just a guy, David <laughs>
0: where yeah where did you come from um oh speaking of like um do you know um Jane County like from Jane County in the Electric Chairs or the band's Queen Elizabeth
1: only in passing like as a peripheral thing yeah yeah, I, they're, they're always around as like a talking head in these movies and stuff. And then I think I got on some internet bullshit thing but it was like uh, I don't know, probably Wikipedia or something, which is such dangerous territory. Um, I'm knowing more and more, but something about uh, them poaching like the lyrics for Rebel Rebel from Jane County or like some weird intrigue like that. Um, but uh, yeah, I don't know that that much about them but I it's fascinating to me, uh, Jackie Shane's kind of on the same tip where um, I don't want whatever I wanted to be like, oh, the music's amazing um, and the clothes are amazing not just totally fixate on that, but also um, just the idea of like uh, oh whatever um, what am I trying to say it was very unusual to live like that <laughs> and came with some things like yeah. some real things you know so baggage uh, yeah yes for sure uh so i i don't know respect i guess is what i'm trying to say i'm just like wow that takes some nerve like it's it's fascinating to me um oh just when people um will do that i have the nerve to do that um and like i was saying i've always been very um um not very good at expressing myself or even like maybe even doing what i want or what i feel like is right or something but uh yeah the thought of doing that with like just so much uh resistance like at every turn you know uh which is still a thing uh for sure but i uh, things are kind of picking up but it's cool i like that you're doing making all these videos and stuff because i guess i bet you you'll do something on people like that right
0: yeah it's so tired especially like in journalistic and like media circles you know um when a lot of people who did shape the the trajectory of how a movement happened specifically in like music and art um are never like included like the innovators are like okay you get to be the token like person who sort of started this but you're not going to get any of the accolades you're not going to get any of the credit um in future retellings and yeah that's um. Why I'm so right. interested In like studying These people throughout history
1: Yeah for sure I mean even um, that's like the little Richard Thing it's like Whatever uh, Everybody idolize him or what's that other That's a thing that's coming up is that sister Rosetta Tharp but whatever yeah. basically Black uh, singers A lot of them women like or even Little Richard so that he's like Claire Ward Singers Ellie Jackson, whatever he's listing off these these Ma Rainey, Big
0: Mama Thornton, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. But I feel like, um, whatever it's, I guess there's a big difference between being like, oh yeah, I know that where that came from. There's a big difference between just knowing it, uh, and then uh, those people like being millionaires,
0: yeah, and uh, being
1: treated well (laughs) with respect. (laughs) But like, uh, yeah, I don't know. That's that seems like something that's turned like because I never went to school. Um or any, did any of these studies or anything. But I feel like that's something in the air um, where it's like, oh yeah, like I, or like even uh what's an example? I don't know if it's just like white guilt or something. Where people are just like, I know I where it came from. I know where it came from. I'm going keep- <laughs> to
0: <laughs> I did a good thing. I learned the yeah. real thing. <laughs> yeah.
1: I read six books. I'm cured. Like, hey, I'm, yeah. on, like, I'm on
0: board. <laughs> I'm cured. Yeah, and sometimes um, like when people are bringing up, like, especially when, when white people are bringing up the whole, like, you have to listen to POC thing online. It's just like, they only, they often sometimes only do that in this for the purpose of like poning other white people. And it's just like really weird. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. But I know, I know uh, too, it's funny. Like, yeah, when I have the criticisms, like I, I knew someone who outed some tiny, record label for not like having enough that there was no like black artists on the late like and it was like this huge thing like drama between friends and like i was like uh, i heard about it and i was like what like what is this about yeah (laughs) like did someone like you know drink somebody else's beer or something like, what? Yeah. <laughs> did you, like, did you drink your roommate's beer and then not like replace it? And then, like, what? <laughs> it was weird. And it was like so intense, so intense. And it was right after the George Floyd thing. And I was like, hey, no one gives a fuck about your stupid tape label. Yeah. Like, this is a waste of everybody's time and energy. Like, no.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, we kind of like spiraled out there. Hey. Yeah. Or, I guess it just wasn't about rock music, which is fine.
0: but yeah I well there was one other question that I had meant to ask you but I was wondering if you're a person who enjoys like um I don't know doing deep dives or reading about like I don't know historical moments in music history like whether it be um a movement like post-punk or like a certain like DIY um staples like of um the past, like I, I remember, like I've been getting really into books and I recently just purchased um, the book about Sarah Records, the indie label in Bristol um, that had like the field mice and um, another sunny day and like those sort of those twee like artists and stuff like that, whether it be like an oral history or something about music history. I was wondering if you have any like similar interests in that department.
1: Um, I think only in like researching it kind of myself yeah but not not straight to like someone who's minded yeah like you're talking about um like i have read some autobiographies though like like a bunch of um but nothing about like scenes or or anything like that like i tried to read please kill me and i remember just being like ugh. Uh, for some reason, I was grossed out by it. I was just, I don't know. That Legs McNeil guy, I've seen him. He's a talking head in, like, every movie. Like, I've watched a lot of rock docs. Yeah. Absolutely. But that guy's always in there. I'm just like, fuck you, man. It fucking annoys me. Like, it's just like, and everything was fucked up. And we were all so fucked up. And, like, everyone was a hooker and had a knife. And, like, uh, everyone was just, like, kicking each other's ass. And we were just wasted. And, like, that was just what we had to do.
0: Yeah, okay. I don't like, like... <laughs> fucking cliche like (laughs) that guy
1: (laughs) the punk thing I kind of hate it to be honest like that label and like that whole thing I think it's fucking stupid um and it's become so mythologized
0: and mutated into something that's like yeah it's uh, I tried to read please kill me too and I was also grossed out so I understand I
1: like like some of that stuff but like the romance of it I don't understand at all I don't have that
0: Uh, Yeah, it's fetishized so much
1: It's just like, yeah Who fucking cares? I mean, like, even like CBGB, it's like It was a piece of shit bar, that's what happens Everywhere, it's undesirable Like, yeah, they play there, who fucking Whatever, (laughs) like, I don't know Like, Suicide were amazing Ramones were amazing, television Fantastic, and and any number Like, I'm forgetting a million things, but like, you know what I mean It's it's not like, it's the people It doesn't matter (laughs) I don't know. That grinds my gears. Like that style. Yeah. For some reason, I'm just like, Oh my God. I yeah. Think it's cool. Yeah. Uh, whatever. And uh, yeah, I've watched a lot of those. Yeah. I love, I love that stuff. I'm interested in it in, and like, um, uh, yeah, for sure. I mean, even the other day I watched, um, one just about payola, um, record companies, bribing the radio stations to play their artists. This is in mm-hmm. the single era, and just, um, Yeah, again, I don't like want to think I like ironic things, but I think that might be part of it, or the camp aspect of like teen pop culture in the '50s and '60s, rock and roll culture. But whatever, this movie was just about uh, obvious. Whatever, like the first thing, it's like Bob Geldof or one of these like ultra promoter people or something who's like, oh, just comparing rock music to um, any other commodity, like like uh, spam or uh, Toyota or like whatever, this kind of thing. Yeah, I don't know if you've seen those memes, uh, they're kind of make hurt you inside, but where it's like a punk, like an anarchist jacket and it has like Olive Garden on it and stuff.
0: Oh yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. I mean, that yeah.
1: It's like that kind of humor where I'm just like, Oh, like it's too gross. But, uh, anyways, they were kind of saying that stuff, but, um, Oh, whatever. It was just fascinating, whatever. And it, whatever, just, uh, them showing all the teenagers and how there's marketed towards kids. And like you get to a kid and then they're a loyal, they have that nostalgia for their youth. So if you get the kid young, like you got them like, and that's yeah. like every, whatever, every person who's in their sixties right now with the Beatles and all these yeah. things we're talking about. Right. Yeah. So you've done the life. So then they do the anthology in the nineties and then they buy it again. And <laughs> like the commercial aspect yeah. of it, uh, which is fine. You know, I don't even know if I like, it is what it is. Uh, yeah. But, but uh, it's interesting to me especially with the teenagers. And anyways, they're showing Dick Clark with the top 10 and then they got the bubble gum, actual gum advertisement. And then the names flip eventually shrouding the bubble gum. Like it's that crazy. Like, yeah. like that bird in the cage thing or whatever, you know mm-hmm. what I'm
0: talking about? Yeah. Like, yeah. It was pretty
1: wild. Um, and it's, I'm, I'm interested in that and going further back, I think, cause I think it's, things are more transparent. Like we're just starting to be able to do that. I'm wondering what you think about this as a journalist, but like, we're just starting to be able to do that with the nineties and the two thousands where you're like, Oh, we can kind of see some, you know what I'm saying? Like something from yeah. the 50s, to 50s seems painfully transparent almost now.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um,
1: yeah. So it's funny, even you talking about trends with like the strokes and these kinds of things. Cause I can't see the two thousands as a definable thing at all. Yeah. Yeah. But I think, um, uh, yeah that uh, yeah I, I dive into that stuff and the culture of it and the business of it's pretty intense and they're talking about um mob connections with the record labels and how drugs and access to drugs is was essential for re- a R um like whining and dining but it's like whatever it's like cocaine yeah. um and yeah. just kind of touching on those crossovers and it's pretty interesting and uh yeah. So I've definitely dive into that stuff and kind of obsess over it. Not a lot of books. I've read a lot of, I really want to read Etta James autobiography because yeah. um, I've seen some interviews with her and she's cool and kind of made me doubt some stuff. Cause I like a lot of that, basically children's music or kind of soft non-threatening music. Uh, but like, she was just like the Supreme. She was like, fuck that. And she's like this baby music, baby, baby, baby. Like I'm not a baby. She's like, there's no, <laughs> she was just hating on the Supremes and I have kind of, yeah. Uh, got a kick out of it because you know they would go to um whatever etiquette school and stuff barry gordy yeah would kind of pump them through these i and i don't know if he did it for the men too i kind of doubt it but like he would he would send everyone so they would be dignified and yeah and, uh i think etta james was kind of like Fuck this shit
0: i love her She's yeah
1: <laughs> well the uh, my understanding too is just that she was like just kind of like tough as shit and that even the yeah. Whatever. There's all those euphemisms in the older, or not. What's the word for it? Um, Double entendre, whatever. But whatever. Her first song is just like, "Hey, do you want to fuck?" Basically, (laughs) roll, roll with me, Henry, or whatever. Yeah. But I guess it is one of these things where they could kind of get it under the radar on the on the radio because it was slang or whatever. Kind of like um, what's that song? "Take a Walk on the Wild Side." How that got played on the radio because they didn't make the connection to head meaning oral sex or whatever. This kind of yeah. But yeah, I'll, I'll, d- I'll dig into that stuff. I'm pretty fascinated by that time and the industry of it, because I think there's artistry in there, too.
0: OK, I, I feel like if we keep talking, it will just be like, oh, what? The sun went down. What just happened? Yeah, but
1: I, I, I agree. could talk to
0: you for over 10 hours, but like um, I but I don't want to keep us <laughs> I don't want to like exhaust both of us. So is there anything else that you want to like shamelessly plug before I let you go?
1: what i what would i like to plug just that that um cat and nine tails record um that's just available on the realistic studios website the cindy lee website and that's where i do all my stuff and that's only a place you can get it right now i'm trying to figure out a better way to like where because it's funny the only way people could listen to it is to put it on their ipod which not everyone does that even people just use streaming so Mm-hmm. uh but it's essentially charity like you can just steal it just steal it <laughs> but like uh because i know it's out there but yeah I, that's just a new record that is kind of under the radar um and uh it's, it's half decent so there, there's that and then um oh i'm also doing the guitar lessons I'm doing like remote guitar lessons it's kind of unusual it's better to do in person but uh it's been really fun actually and kind of connecting with people and stuff so I've been doing that, but that's it. And then I'm just still working on this, this, uh, record, which uh, I'm hoping to come out by the end of the year, but who knows? Yeah.
0: Nice. Well, I'm excited to hear it when it, whenever it does, um, come out. Um, so thank you so much for joining me today. And, um, you've been very generous with your time and I really, uh, enjoyed, um, chatting with you. Yeah, for sure. So, Great
1: to talk yeah. to you, and nice to meet you. I uh, yeah, I I hope I wasn't being a punisher, man. We talked for a long time, but yeah, very nice to meet you, and good job on all this stuff. Like I watched uh, some of the things and listened to some of the interviews.
0: Thank yeah. you so much. That means That's a lot that of- you checked it out. But yeah, thanks. And yeah. Um, I hope you have a good rest of your week, and I hope um the healing process with the injury and everything goes smoothly.
1: <laughs> Thank you very much. I'm uh, doing my best. Yeah. All right. Okay, bye for now.
0: Yeah. Bye for now. Bye. Thank you for listening to Sounding Out, and a big thank you to Cindy Lee for joining me today. Remember to subscribe to my YouTube channel. My blog is izyshutup.com. My Instagram page is agirls2soundsense, and my Twitter is at misanthropei. Make sure to check out my Patreon and maybe subscribe. It's only $3 a month if you can. Thank you for listening once again, and I'll see you in the next episode.